You're listening to an Axe Church sermon. Axe Church is located in Camas, Washington. You can find out more about us at www.axecamas.org. Check out our other sermons and podcasts. You can find them on iTunes Podcasts, SoundCloud, and our website. This sermon was preached by Pastor David Robinson, who is the teaching pastor at Axe Church. We hope you enjoy the sermon, and we hope that the Lord blesses you through it. What we're about here is biblical Christ following. That's what Acts Church is about. We're about biblical Christ following. That means that we are not in the business of defining Jesus. He's in the business of defining us, right? We're not here as believers uh, to decide to uh, put Jesus into a mold that fits what we want to do or the way that we think, the way we want to do things or the way we want to live. Instead, what we do is we look to Scripture and to the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to hear from God how we ought to behave, and we mold ourselves into that image, not the other way around. And so that's who we are as a church, and that's who we should be. We have the Holy Spirit working in us as Christ followers, as believers. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are not here, and I want you to make sure you listen to everything I say and don't get offended up front and then kind of check out mentally. We're not a social club. We are not a social club, okay? This is not a cruise ship. This is a battleship. We are in the midst of a fallen world with the only real hope The only real hope that the world has, we have, right here and right here. The only real hope that the world has. And so we are not here. You don't come in here on a Sunday so that we can make you feel good about your mess. Now, having said that, having said that, we are here to make you feel amazing about what Jesus Christ has done for all of our messes, okay? So it's not what, the difference being this, coming in and say, let's say I got stuff's rough in my life and I come in and I sit down and I'm going to give you sort of like a Tony Robbins, like, hey, you know, whatever, and get you excited and whatever so that you can feel better about the fact that that thing's going on, but not do anything about that thing. Instead, what we're here to make you feel is amazing about the forgiveness, the grace, the peace, the joy that comes in knowing Jesus Christ and submitting yourself to him. And that's the only thing that will ever take care of the mess. Anything I could tell you to make you feel good wouldn't last long. So, that's not who we are. That's not who we are. We actually aren't a social club and aren't all those things. We're actually much better than all those things. There's actually more fun here. We have fun. I don't know if you guys know that. If you're new, whatever, come hang out at a life group or whatever. Uh, I, came, I, I visited Randy's life group last week, and we were laughing like crazy because uh, I'm hilarious, right? Um, <laughs> Right, Randy? All right. See, he knows how to fake. Um, We have fun. We have more fun. There's more love. There's more joy. There's more peace. There's more depth. There's more relationship. There's more love. There's all of that here in Christ's church. It's It's not such a small thing that we're just here to kind of hang out together and see what's up. Like, you need to understand who you are and what you're a part of. The church is not, and this is very important, is not part of your life. This is, get this fundamentally, okay? The church is not part of your life. You're a Christ follower, which means you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, which means you are the church. You are the church. There's no, there's no part of your life 
that the church is. And Jesus loves his church. But you need to understand who you are. And that's important for us to tell you. So I'm going to read you some scripture. If you have your Bibles, pull those bad boys out. Um, If you don't, there should be some of the chairs around you. And if you don't have one at home, take one of those home with you. Uh, This is Ephesians 5, 25 through 32. I'll give you a second, but you'll get there eventually. It's going to be long. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Some of you husbands are like, oh, no, we're going to get it today. You should, probably, if you're thinking that. But no, this is a metaphor. This is a mystery. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So there's all kinds of stuff that you can get for your marriages here if you want to take that home with you um, and think through that. But there's actually, at the same time, something incredible is being said about who you are. You are the flesh and bones of Christ. You are the expression of his body on this earth. You have his spirit. You have the Holy Spirit of God. And you are literally acting out who you are in Christ. It's so deep to understand what's happening. I want you to get it. Desperately, I want you to understand this about yourself because it will help define everything that you do if you understand who you are. If you understand that you are being sanctified, made clean, made holy, made perfect. He's not saying, Jesus is not wanting a bride with all kinds of issues, right? That's not what he's doing. He's looking for a perfect bride and because he could never find one in me or in you, no offense, He's making us perfect. He's making us perfect. We are his church. Everything that we do, everywhere that we do it, we are his church. We are his church. As a Christ follower, do not forget that. This privilege and this honor and this pleasure of being the body of Christ does not have an off switch. Now, What I mean by that is this. You cannot find a place to be after you've decided to follow Christ where you can put the I'm Christ church in the closet, lock it up, and then go hit the club. Right? You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Now, I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying that Jesus says anything about going to the club. That's a whole different talk to me about that later. Depends what you're doing at the club. Okay? There's no off switch. You are Christ's body at all times. You are his disciples. You are his church. You do not go to church. You are not at church. You are his church. You've got to understand that. You've got to understand, because otherwise, you can walk out the door and be like, that was church. Now I'm either on my own, or now I can do what I want. But if you thought, 
I never went into Christ Church and came out of Christ Church, I'm always Christ Church, then you're never alone. And you never get in this situation where you feel like the Lord doesn't care what you do. I was listening to somebody talking, I think it was John Ortberg on a podcast, and he was saying, you know, he asks people, have you ever committed sexual immorality? I know none of you have, but, but I had, so I was able to connect to, to this. But have you ever done anything sexually immoral? And, and, and if you have, the next question is, did you do that in front of your mother? And of course, everybody says, no, gross, right? Like, that's, that's horrible. Um, and his point was, look, if you... If your mother was always watching, it was always there. We talked about this with Jennifer in a couple of weeks ago, if you remember that. Odd stuff. Grandma. Anyway, I don't want to go there. Watch that if you get a chance. Anyway, if you always thought mom was watching, you're unlikely to do certain things. If you know that you're the church all the time, if you know that you're the body of Christ all the time, you're unlikely to use your body to do things you ought not to do, right? It helps to understand who we are. It helps us in the fight against temptation and, and sin and the difficult things of this world to know that we're the body of Christ. And I want you to have that. I want you to own it. I want you to, I want you to be different than other people in the world and understand why you are. Because with this honor, this is pleasure, with this privilege, comes a serious responsibility, right, to be an ambassador for Christ, to represent Christ in the world everywhere you go. Okay, There is no group of people for whom you are not the body of Christ to. And so you need to think about what Christ is looking like to them. Whether that's your spouse, whether that's your kids, whether it's your grandkids, whether it's your boss at work or the co-workers or your friends. In all these places, you are representing Christ. It never, there's no off switch. You are representing Christ everywhere at all times. People at the store... You're frustrated, your little kid's running away from you, and you're like, you know. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I find if you kick that back leg, they... I'll teach you later if you haven't learned. <laughs> the other drivers on the road? Yes. Confess. <laughs> Repent. You are the body of Christ. You're like, I don't put that fish in my car because I know. <laughs> Listen, you are the body of Christ. Every time, all the time, no off switch. That's important for you to know because that's something that is fundamental to who we are here at this church, at this, at this expression of Christ's body. You are part of this. And one of the things that we do as Christ's church is understand that about ourselves. We understand the better selves. And then you think, oh my gosh, is he saying, you know, next time I'm on the road and I get upset, if I honk that horn, all of a sudden, Jesus has honked that horn and everyone thinks that and everyone's mad. Slow down. And I mean that literally. When you're driving, slow down and you won't have that problem. Um, I'm the last person to say that. Uh, listen, we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is here in Christ's church, for Christ's church, for the kingdom of God, to bring glory to Jesus Christ through you. And he will help you. Listen to this. This is uh, out of John uh, 16, 5 through 15. But now I go away to him who sent me. This is Jesus talking. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper 
will not come to you. That's the Holy Spirit. If I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Something to remember. Already done. Already judged. Yeah, we're fighting, but we've already won. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. You have the Holy Spirit. You're going to understand truth. You're, going, you're being perfected. All of that because Christ has sent his Holy Spirit to you. You've got to understand what that means. You are walking around as every person that you've met. There's not one person. C.S. Lewis will tell you this. There's not one person that you've met that's not an eternal being. That wasn't made to be forever. And for every one of those people... They are either going to be an eternal blessing growing into an amazingness that God has created and started to bloom in what you see now into something that you could never imagine or the very opposite of that. Somebody who is going in a completely different direction becoming less and less what God has created them to be. And you are the light and the body of Christ to people to help for God to use you to draw people to himself. The Holy Spirit draws. Well, where's the Holy Spirit? Well, he's in Sammy. So how does the Holy Spirit draw? He uses Sammy. Right here. Sammy. All right. He uses me. He uses you. That's how it works. That's what we're doing here. Just in case anybody is wondering. Yeah, we sing some songs. And that's amazing. We worship the Lord. There's a lot of things that are going on here. But just so that you know what we're doing here, we are pressing forward the kingdom of God. That place where God has jurisdiction, we are seeing it spread out far and wide. And we are walking forward as the literal body of Christ on this earth in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're here for. Just in case anybody thought that it was for any other reason. That doesn't mean we don't do tons of fun stuff. That, that we live life. The whole, it's our life. Like I say, you don't turn the switch off. It's not like church is a serious place where we do serious stuff. About, no, no, church is you. So if you're cool with laughing and having fun and doing things and, and, and time with your children and, and, and good teaching and, and all the rest of that stuff, if that's all part of you, then that's what the church is because you are the church. So I just want you to get that clear. It's not a program. It's not a building, obviously. Since we've been nomadically traveling around the lands of Camus for years. <laughs> it's you. Okay. I'm going to run out of time if I don't uh, let these guys start talking. <clears throat> I just want you to understand what God is doing in you. It's so important to me for you to, to understand who you are, how, much, how valuable you are. You, you're not some joker walking around. You are the body of Christ. If you're in him, you are his body. It's a big deal. I know we don't deserve it. It's hard to even imagine it, but that is the truth. He's been very clear about it. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always and every prayer of mine making request for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. He's talking to the church at Philippi, right? And then he says this. 
being confident of this very thing that he who has began, begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Does that depend on you? No. That's a promise from Jesus to you. Paul is confident that he, Jesus, God, who has begun a good work in you, will faithfully complete it. That's happening. That's happening. Run, don't run. He's going to kick that foot out. Let's get back over here and complete this work. That's how it's going to work. Been there, done that, got the bruises. He is making you new. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's you. That's his church. Okay? Now, as we talk about the ministries of this church, I want you to keep that in mind. That is the, I'm, I'm setting the, the thermostat for you. This is who we are. And I'm asking you guys to rise to the temperature. Okay? Understand who you are. Live in who you are. I can only tell you, you have to be the ones to come around and, and do it. Now, you're going to hear from different elders today about different ministries, and we're not going to be able to go through all of them because I've already taken too much time. Um, but we're going to go through some of them, and I want you to be listening to the Holy Spirit because he may say some things to you today like, for instance, you should really get in a life group. You keep avoiding getting in a life group and coming up with excuses, but part of what the church, which you are here, is doing is life group. So maybe you should get in a life group. That might happen. I don't know. Probably, if you're not in a life group. Or you should start volunteering with Acts Kids. These kids need people who will love them and who will be back there and who will show them the love of Jesus Christ. And you could do that, but you don't do that. You're sitting here because it's too hard to maybe send that to you. I don't know, okay? I don't know what he's saying. Maybe he wants you to help with young adults. Maybe he wants you to give a lot of money. I don't know what he's calling you to do, okay? But when he speaks, you should listen. That I do know. So the first person who's going to come up and talk to you is our, our elder and youth pastor, Glenn Cook. Um, here you go, Glenn. And he's going to talk for a few minutes about youth. The first thing I want to say, I just want to echo um, how important life groups are before I talk about youth, is, you know, for me, you know, this is my life. Um, trying to become a better follower of Jesus. And I will just tell you this right now, that the people in my life group have really come alongside of me in the last um, 30 days as I was wrestling with something. And I can tell you this right now, they were the hands and feet of Jesus. And I, and I stress that for that. Um, on youth, um, I just want to say that, and, and for the youth that are here, my highlight of the week is seeing them. And I do want to report that a couple of weeks ago, we did have two of the youth accept Christ for the first time. And that is just something. And then um, a couple of them are going to be baptized at the worship night on March 6th. And I just want to say one thing that I would ask that, that you do is we meet in a ministry house, and we have for quite a while. If you could please pray for us. Pray for me. Pray for my wife. Pray for the other leaders. Um, and this and that, and if you could pray for these kiddos. They need your prayer. The culture that we live in is much more insidious than the culture that we grew up in. As we have seen the witness um, and the authority of Scripture, as people have moved away from this, it's become much more destructive growing up. They're in a real spiritual battle, and they need your prayers and encouragement 
And I just want to also say that if the Lord moves on you, that you would like to think about volunteering and helping, we could always use the help and everything like that as we move forward. So I just wanted just to share those couple of things with you. And I just want to also echo what David said, is the, the truth of the matter is, we're all in this together. We are all the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Whether you've lived longer than others or younger than others, it doesn't matter. We are all in this together. And I want to thank all of you for your, for your prayerful support. And I just want to say thank you because it's always encouraging to see and know out there that there are so many that are following Jesus because he is coming back soon. All right. Next, we have the Dutchman, Dave Vanderplug, um, who is going to come up and talk to us. He's so happy that I'm pronouncing it that way. Dave Vanderplug is going to come up and talk to us about Axe Kids. And uh, yeah, go for it. I don't have anything more for you. Dave Robinson. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, we do the younger kids also. Uh, he does the youth from sixth grade on through high school. Uh, and then we have a program here that we do on Sunday mornings, for those of you who don't know, in the gym uh, for kids zero through fifth grade. Uh, and we have the three groups right now, uh, the zero to three-year-olds, toddlers, infants, and then uh, four-year-olds through kindergarten, and then first through fifth. Uh, it's just uh, a wonderful time that we have with the kids back there. And um, those who do volunteer uh, get to witness uh, lights going on in kids' eyes, uh, and just having that time to be with the kids um, when they're coming to learn about Jesus. And uh, we, we have some um, curriculum that we use uh, that tells Bible stories throughout the Bible, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, but all of them uh, point to Jesus. So we're, we're taking the time to um, tell them a story, uh, do some activities with them that all lead to uh, somehow pointing them to Jesus. And um, we've been having a lot of kids come in lately, and I'm just going gonna, gonna to introduce uh, Kristen Weyer. You get to see her every Sunday in our announcement videos. Uh, but she <laughs> leads our kids' ministry, uh, and she just has a couple things to say about where we want to go with this ministry as well. So, I just want to start by saying it is such a blessing to minister to all of these kids. They all hold, like, such pl special places in my heart. And... Um, just watching them sing the worship songs or recite the memory verse. It's truly something so special to be a part of. Um, we do have a future vision of splitting the first through fifth grade classroom um, into two. So like first through third and then fourth and fifth grade, just so we're able um, to meet the kids' needs in that classroom better. Right now there's a really big age gap and it's hard to tell a Bible story and hit the activity points that hits the first graders the same as the fifth graders. Um, and so we're really looking for um, teachers and helpers that would like to interact with that age group. Um, youth, too, if you guys can help out, um, and also adults for teachers. So um, if God has planted a seed um, to work with children, we could always use the volunteers in any area, but especially um, for the first through fifth age group. Um, and it really is just, it's a huge special thing to be a part of, um, and I just... Um, take it very seriously. Um, and so if you guys could just be in prayer over these kids to echo what Glenn said, um, a lot of them are in public schools and, you know, um, 
they need, they need the prayer and they need the support and encouragement of the entire church, um, raising them up and showering them in God's love and encouragement. Um, so thank you. Yeah, and that is one of the places I get to volunteer. I get to, my wife and I get to teach in the first through fifth grade class, and it is a large group of kids, and it's a large group of, or a large difference between the, the young ones that come in and then the older ones, and, and having to meet those different needs at those different ages with the different attention spans. Um, splitting that would be really good, and we are going to need those, those volunteers as we move that forward. So, yeah, just keep that in prayer, please. Thank you. We will uh, keep your attention span in prayer, Dave. Um, I'm sure that you'll eventually get it long enough to be able to... Yeah, okay. That didn't work. Just forget that. Strike that, Your Honor. Uh, so Todd Egger was supposed to talk to you guys about finances, but apparently there was like three snowflakes at his house, and he didn't want to make it out here. Um, that's why I have huskies, because if it really gets bad, I can mush my way here. That's how much I care about you. Um, so I'm going to talk to you about finances, which is not my uh, area as, as an elder. Todd is our, is our treasurer and, and deals with that. But let me give you just, I'm going to give you the rough, rough and dirty uh, way that we have to figure this out. Uh, we have a budget, obviously. Um, our budget is about $47,000 a month. That covers the many staff that we have, the rental of the buildings that we do, all the different ministries that we do, and there are a lot of them. Um, the, the foreign missions that we're doing, uh, helping people out when, when, when in times of need, all of the different things we do, at the end of the day, it's about $47,000 a month. That's what it costs, okay? Um, when we give uh, generously and effectively, we, we come close to or hit that number. When we don't, we don't. Um, and so uh, it seems to me like numbers we overcomplicate. Uh, if God has called you to give, uh, and if you're a Christ follower, he has, then give, okay? If you are feeling, again, I'm not here to do the work of the Holy Spirit as far as what happens in your own heart. Christ church doesn't go anywhere without us sacrificially, right, giving. Now, I'm not saying Christ church. Let's say Acts church, right? Christ is going to do what he's going to do. He doesn't need you. He's got the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't know what he's doing with all this cattle, but the Bible says he's got the cattle on a thousand hills. He has everything he needs. He made everything, right? He doesn't really need your money. That's something between you and him, okay? That's something between you and him. But I can tell you how much ministry $100 gets done, about $100 worth, okay? Everything costs money. Everything costs money. Uh, if we want to effectively take care of the people who, who pour their lives out, the staff members that pour their lives out for you all and for the people uh, and make sure that they are being fairly compensated, it costs money. If we want to meet in here every week, it costs money. If we want to build a building, which I'll talk to you about later, that costs money. Everything costs money. And so I don't know what Todd was going to say, but that's what I've got to say. <laughs> we, need, we need you to be faithful about giving. And it's not primarily because things cost money, because I'll be honest with you, uh, Tiffany and I got in a truck and came out here with no promise of any kind of income. We were going to plant a church, and there was no money, and I believe that if God wanted us to do something, he would make sure the money came in, whether you all were faithful to him or not. What I really care about is that you're growing in him, and part of growing in him is getting, letting him not only be the Lord of your family and the Lord of this and that, but he's got to be Lord over this too, Right? And for a lot of people, this is the last thing to come into the kingdom, right? 
Everything else comes in before this. Well, I volunteer. Great, that's awesome. I, you should. This, this too, okay? Don't, I don't want to have to get a, do a whole sermon on it. But I will. But not right now. Okay. Next up, Randy Conrad from North Carolina. Don't hold that against him. Um, he's going to come talk to us about the importance of life groups. You got a mic for him there, Dave? All right. Give him a hand. He's kind of shy. One, two. Y'all got me? Why can't I hear? Okay. Maybe it's because I'm getting old. Um, so I've been here 30 years, and I'm still from North Carolina. Okay, that's fine. I like that. I'll go with that. Um, okay, one other thing let me mention. Can I tag on to the giving part, Dave, just real quick? Since you talked about, you know, life groups, I'll talk. Okay. Um, do you want to be blessed of God? How many want to be blessed of God? Raise your hands. All right, then. I'll tell you what, give, give till it hurts. You cannot outgive him. Trust me, you can't. Whatever you give to him, he will expand. Remember the, the fish and the, the loaves and the fishes? All right, that, that happens on a personal level. In fact, the Lord said, test me on this. Bring your tithe and offerings and see if I won't bless you. Press down and overflow. Kath and I have learned that we can live easier on 90% than 100%. It's God's math. I don't know how it works, but it does. Right, Julie? It works. God's math. You know, the new math. The new math. What does it say? Uh, five out of four people believe. No. Um, okay, so I wanted to throw that out. But also, so we're getting, so that, that's a, a part of giving, right? Another thing that God asks us to give is ourselves, to each other, right? Can I get an amen from somebody? Okay, thank you, thank you. So please, uh, I'm a teacher, so I like to walk around, right, Sam? I like to walk around and talk. So I want you to raise your hands if any of you don't like people at all, at all. <laughs> I don't believe you. We're in church, be honest, all right? We'll be honest. Um, Okay, see how the Lord does? He grows us, right? Um, okay, how many of you have never needed anyone before? Ever? We can counsel later, okay. Um, all right. Y'all are funny. So, okay, um, we've established that that we like each other and that we need each other, right? Okay, so it's good to know that no one is not exempt from life groups. So, great. How many, or let me, okay, I'm going to back up. <laughs> if you lead a life group or host a life group, please stand. Yeah. Okay. Outstanding, outstanding. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. These are the leaders of life group. So why do we, we talk so much about life groups? Okay, I got my teacher hat on. Why do we talk so much about life groups? Anybody want to rub this or put you on the spot? Sammy? Because it's like an extension of Sunday church. Great answer. She's right. An extension of Sunday church. An extension of that pressing into each other. 
There is no such thing as a hermit Christian. Jesus says we need each other. His church is the corporate body. And this is, as Sammy says, an extension each week of what we do here at church. It's a little bit beyond that, though. How, is, how, how do you think life groups are beyond what we do at church every Sunday? What? Intimate. Thank you, Roy. An intimacy. We, can't, we don't have time to get in here. An intimacy. How many of you have experienced that wonderful joy of intimacy in a life group? Okay. If you have not raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand on that one, please pray about being involved in the life group because part of, a, a, of the Great Commission is going into the world, preaching the gospel, and what? Making disciples. Making disciples. It's all about relationship at the end of the day. God is about relationship. The Lord wants, I can't get my mind around this, that the creator of the universe wants a father-son, father-daughter relationship with each and every one of us. And I love to say I can understand why he'd want that with Doug. I don't know why he'd want that with me, though. But he does. He does. And, And being in a life group, the Lord said when two or more are gathered, there he is where? In the midst of them. I have seen, we have seen lives change, people grow, relationships deepen through life groups on a level that that you just can't see on Sundays. So I encourage you, if you want to grow in your walk with the Lord, join a life group. God has amazing things in store for those who want to really press in to him. So if you have questions, Kath or I and any of these leaders who stood up will be glad to answer them afterwards. Thank you very much. I can't echo that enough, what life groups have meant for me and my family over many years of, of being part of that. And, and those of you who think it's going to not be fun or like I don't really want to be around these other people, I don't really want to talk, or I, just do it. it it's, you might feel like that the first, you know, Four or five years. No, I'm just kidding. The first, the first week or two, it might be a little rough for you, but you're going to find so much life in a life group. And so, and, and you know, Randy, one of the things you brought up I thought was really great. You said that it's easier to live on 90% than 100%. I'm just thinking, how much easier would it be to live on 70%? Yeah. Right? All right. He's committed to it in front of all of you, so we'll all hold him accountable. Accountable to that. <laughs> oh... All right. So one of the things that we do, major, major things that we do, is we have, we are not, this body is not just here today. Obviously, half of our elders are somewhere else, but we actually have Acts Church all over the world. We have Acts Church happening right now in, or I think they're two hours different than us, but in, in Honduras, in a town called Tolonga, there is a Echos. Iglesia Echos, which is Acts Church. Um, they, you have our same branding and whatever. We have a, a group that meets in uh, Alaska, I believe on Saturday nights, that's run. That's, they, they take the stuff from what we do on a Sunday, and they watch it on TV, uh, on, a, on a screen, and then they talk through it, and they do whatever. So we have that going on in Alaska. We have a church in Honduras, and then we have 30 churches currently working on getting more in the Philippines. I'm going to talk to you about, we're going to talk about the Philippines in a minute. First, I want to talk to you about Honduras and just tell you a couple of things, and then I'm going to let you see a video uh, about Honduras. We 
have consistently been going down to the country of Honduras. We have great relations with the people there. And this is the one thing that's harder with the Philippines or Alaska. This is the one ministry where we, can, where we generally can take a pretty decent-sized group down to do ministry work in Honduras each year. This year it will be in July. It'll be uh, late July, I think, something like the 22nd to the 29th, something like that. So if you're interested in Honduras, you have a Connect card or an Engage card or something in front of you, mark that down when we take the offering later, drop that in, okay? And we're going to have a meeting, informational, by signing the, saying I'm interested in, does not mean we're going to debit your bank account for the cost of the trip and make you go or something like that. It just means you're interested so that I can let you know about meetings where we talk, informational meetings where we're going to talk about this, okay? That's it. Now, I want to talk about the Philippines also, which means I need to bring up my favorite uh, missionary that I know, which is, of course, Juliana Bragg. Um, so if she could come on up. And this is my second favorite, Steve, um, the much not as good looking part of the, the two of you, but that's okay. Yeah, lucky for you. Um, true for me too. So Steve and Juliana are going to tell us a little bit about the Philippines, and I've got kind of a special thing to talk about with that, but I'll let them go ahead first. Now you know why I love the Philippines. <laughs> this is my wife, Juliana, and um, we are a missionary team uh, to the Philippines. Um, first of all, I, I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for all of your prayers and your generosity uh, and your encouragement, your letters and cards and, and emails that encourage us in that ministry there. You... You're a vital part of what we do and a vital partnership. So thank you very much. Um, you know, we started in uh, 2006 with a $100 uh, challenge and a prayer, and God blessed that. And, and uh, we, we started three churches uh, with us managing them from here and our partnership with Pastor Alejo Alagos in, uh, in the Philippines and then uh, this church sent us out as a family, missionary family, to the Philippines uh, in 2011, August of 2011. And since that time, we planted an additional 27 churches over there. All of our churches are in the remote, um, isolated areas of the Philippines. Looks very much like Honduras. Uh, very much so. Um, uh, third world country, and Spanish, uh, they were ruled by Spain for 400 years. So big Spanish influence there. Um, so I want to thank you for that, for that partnership. Um, these 30 churches have uh, feeding programs where we have uh, feed malnourished children uh, weekly, and we've also had programs that last for as long as a month, bringing uh, malnourished children uh, out of malnourishment uh, clothing programs, all the boxes and things that you send over with, with clothes, what, huge, huge blessing. Um, uh, teaching programs. Uh, our goal is to make sure that Christ, it's a Christ-centered church. So we've brought over a lot of teachers, a lot of people that have come over and taught, taught uh, our leadership and the church. Uh, the last uh, convention that we had, we had Dr. Voorhees from Boise Bible College come over, and there were uh, 150 church leaders there in attendance, half of them youth, 
uh, teenage and high school youth. So Philippines is 65 percent, uh, 25, uh, 60, the population is 65 percent youth, 25 on down. So that's a big part of our, big part of our church over there, youth camps. This last year we had uh, uh, more than 250 youth at our youth camp. Yeah, and that, that I, I, walked, uh, I walked around with tears uh, coming down my cheeks knowing that this was the fruit of our labor there uh, in the Philippines. This year, uh, this uh, April, we're going to have another um, youth camp, on one on each island. And uh, Hunter Croft and, um, and Doug Hounshaw will be going over there. In fact, after church, we'll be arranging the flights for them to go over and be a part of that youth camp. And uh, then in October, we're, we're praying for uh, Pastor David to come over and teach us uh, apologetics um, so that we know, know our faith and, and know why we're doing it. And so you, you all are a very vital partnership. What's next for us? We want to be 100 churches. Pastor Lagos has had this dream over the many years, over the last few years. And every time he brings it up, I go, how do we do that? Uh, how, do, how, do, how do we travel to the islands to start those churches, uh, the feeding programs that it takes, uh, the, the pastors that we're going to need to invest in, the training for those pastors and church leaders, uh, how do we, the feeding programs, the youth programs, how do we do that? And whenever he mentions that, my heart says, yeah, why, I really want to do that, but how do we make that happen? Uh, a couple of months ago, I went to Pastor David and Dr. Dr. Robinson, Dr. David Robinson, the elder, and said, you know, I really need your help. And they, and they have volunteered in a big way to be a big help for us. And so we've come up with a plan, a viable plan, to plant 100 churches in the next few years. And we can do it. We have a half a dozen that we could plant right now if we had the resources for it. So we're hoping that you will be a partnership with us. These are Christ churches. Uh, Juliana and I feel so blessed to be a part of that partnership with Christ in doing that. And we're, we're going to invite you to be even a bigger partnership with us in, in planting all of those churches, sustaining them, training them, and then let God take the next steps after that. But uh, thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, we really feel it. And without partnership, uh, this, this uh, work in the Philippines could not be possible. Thank you. So there, here's my part of, of this. The Philippines ministry, so that you understand organizationally, these churches are us. We're just all one church. There's 30 of them, and there's us here. There's the church in Alaska. There's a, we're all one church. We're all, we're all responsible for each other. You have people that don't even speak your language that are part of this particular expression of Christ's body. Okay? So Acts Church and River Rock Church Philippines are the same thing. And so we, we're responsible for them. We're responsible to show the kind of Christian love and affection and care and financial support and the rest of that to help take care of these people who need Jesus as much as you do, who are made in his image and likeness and who need to be saved and who need to be taught and who need to be, in some cases, we need to feed them 
because they don't have anything to eat. And that's our job. It's just like as if they were here with us right now. If you saw a hungry person from the Philippines walk in here, no one would even think twice about, hey, do you need something to eat? Now, we just have to do that from a few thousand miles away. You'll see this on, on your chair, if you guys can grab this. What we are trying to do is we are trying to increase the budget of that ministry for several reasons. One is what Steve's talking about. We want to see us, ourselves plant 100 churches. Another is the budget is just we're running on an absolute shoestring over there. And that's unnecessary to, for us to do. And the third is we have a family. The hound says, will you guys stand up? Yes. Give them, give them some whoops. They already had to sell one of their sons to try to raise... That was Doug's fault, I guess. Um, they actually have two boys that look like that. Um, and, and they are going to be going over to the Philippines for us, for the Lord, and we need to be able to support them in sending them there because we can't send them there and not feed them, right? Everyone agrees with that. Okay, you guys can sit down if you want. This is, this is what we're trying to do. We need 100 people, 120 people, to give $100 a month to the Philippines as a, as a recurring gift, okay? $100 a month, 120 people. You already have a bunch of the elders that have already gotten in on this program. We're going to be trying to raise money both here and wherever we can to try to get 100 people, 120 bucks a month. If you can do the 100 bucks and the Holy Spirit's like, do this, no brainer, just start filling this out, okay? I don't see enough pens moving. If the Holy Spirit's like, just do this, grab this and start filling it out. If you can do something less than that but something, Obviously, anything will help, but we're looking for recurring monthly giving. If you feel like you just need want to give a one-time gift, that's fine. You can do that on this card also. But what we're really looking for is recurring monthly giving so we can set a budget so that we can get the houndshills out there to full-time work in the Philippines so that we can take care of things like this youth camp that's coming up, so that we can take care of, increase the number of feeding programs so there's more hungry kids. These kids are malnourished. Straight up. We would never allow children in our Axe Kids group to be malnourished. But if we can't get the money together for this, which is not a lot, there will be kids in our church who are malnourished, and that's not okay. So we're serious about this. This is Axe Church. River Rock, Philippines, and Axe Church are the same thing. We use a different branding over there, but it's the same church. And if we want to do this, we've got to get this. It's $12,000 a month that we can get to increase this ministry. And really, it's, it's, it's a ministry that's already going crazy. And we're just talking about pouring gasoline on that fire. And that gasoline that we can pour on that is a bunch of us saying, look, I can do 100 bucks a month. I can sacrifice a couple pizzas or whatever it is to do $100 a month for all these men and women, our brothers and sisters of Christ, and all these children. So... If you can do that, fill this out. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Drop it in the offering when it comes around. This is your opportunity to specifically be giving towards. This is like the only thing that we have as a separate giving area other than our general fund is the Philippines general fund because we, because we operated on a different budget, right? And we're trying to get that budget up. So I'm not going to say anything more about that. If this is something that God is calling you to do, do it. We want to get those 120 people, and I want most of them to be from the people sitting here. I don't want most of them to be people that we have to go outside of our own church and find people from other churches who care enough about the people in our church to give money. We want it to mostly be coming from our church, if that's possible. If you can't do it, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but if the Holy Spirit's saying do it, do it. Okay? All right. There's that. All right. I'm out of time. Oh, wait. Steve wants to say something. If you go online to give online, 
There's a drop-down box, general fund, and then Philippines. Yeah. That's when, you give, when you give online through Breeze or whatever, you can always see that. But if you do this and you click recurring, we'll just stick it in there for you, and it'll just come out every month. So um, that's the easiest way for us and the easiest way for you. Um, I don't have time to talk about Oasis and men's and women's and the greeters and the offering and the coffee and the setup and the teardown because it's 1226. And so uh, this, this has gone longer than it always does. I know. Um, this has gone longer than I do want to address the building because I know that whenever we do one of these, you people are like, what about the building? Now, let me tell you a couple of things. We are working on the building. It is not something that happens quickly, as you all know, and I know you've been waiting patiently for a long time for us to be in a building. Um, a couple of things that I want you to understand about the process that I'm not sure I've shared with you before. If we were to try to rent a building it, right within you know, a stone's throw of where we're sitting right now, that was the size of the building that we want to build, we would be spending about $50,000 a month just in rent. That's what it would cost, okay? Just so that you're clear, our whole budget for everything, all the people we pay, all the things we do, is about $47,000. We would pay $50,000 a month just for what we're trying to build, and that's not utilities, that's not anything else. That's just the cost of the building. Just so you understand how crazy expensive it is to do anything with property in this area. I just want you to understand, so for those of you who might be like, why aren't we moving faster? This is an impossible thing that God is making possible. I want you to understand, this is a miraculous. We are not a large enough church, especially when we want to put our money into other ministries and not just facilities, right? We want to have 30 churches in the Philippines. We want to do Honduras. We want to do, we want to do all those kinds of things. And so facilities can't be the hugest big chunk of what we do. Um, and so this is an impossible thing for a church like this that God is making possible. So we have the building, the Acts Church West, as I'll call it, that's over on the west side that, that we're looking to sell, that's going to give us some money that's going to put in that pot. When that happens, we will probably be able to go ahead and, and move forward and break ground on the building. Um, that, I'm guessing that that will happen sometime in the next few months, but I don't know that. It's God's timing. It's God's will. We are certainly moving forward. I just don't want you to think that we've forgotten about it. Oh, well, that's right. We wanted to have a building. No, trust me. Fully aware that so many of you are giving up hours of your Sunday just sitting up and tearing down. All of that can be a blessing too. And that can be a time to spend together too. Especially I can say that because I don't do it. Um, so we know that we need a building. I just want you to know that we're thinking about it, that we're moving forward, that we still have uh, a, uh, uh, an option on this property that's up here that, that's, that is for us if we want to put it there. Uh, but there's a few things that have to take place first. And I need you to understand that you really are praying for a miracle here. There aren't churches of our size that can afford buildings like we want to build, okay? It's not, it doesn't happen, even in places that are much cheaper than this, but certainly not in Camas. So you need to understand that God has to work a miracle, and he has been doing so. The other solution to this problem is for us to follow Christ in what he's called us to do. I'm going to read you a verse because it's the mission of our church, and then we're going to, we're going to close here in a second. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain something to you that I really want you to get from today. And then we'll, we'll move forward. And I know you're probably getting hungry. And We got cookies today? Yeah? Sweet. Those cookies aren't free either, people. All right? Um, all right. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore... And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
Amen. A lot of people come up with mission statements. We didn't have to go anywhere to get one because Jesus gave it to us. This is the commission that he gave us. This is the mission statement of our church. There's nothing fancy about it. This is it. Our job is to make disciples, teach them to observe, baptize them, teach them to observe everything Jesus commanded. It's, it's very simple. And what we, what we try to do with all these ministries that we're talking about is make sure that they all fit in line with that mission that we've been called to do. That's why we're in the Philippines. Where are you supposed to go? To all nations, right? To all peoples. We're supposed to go out and do that. So we go out and do that. It's really easy. Jesus says do it. We do it. Really simple, okay? So that's where you are. And, and the thing is, one of the things we're supposed to be doing is we're supposed to be growing. I've been noticing lately um, myself, like I've got to put me in more situations to really see the, how many people are just lost among us. Just lost as Easter eggs, as they'd say in Tennessee. He's lost as an Easter egg. Just lost. Just have no hope in their life. Just, you know, they're, they're 60 years old, and, you, and, and they're walking around, and you can tell that, there's, that they haven't had growth of any significant kind in their life since they were 18. They're bummed out. They're broken, and they need Jesus. And who is Jesus' body in this world? You. If there's anything that I want you to think about today, it's not about anything else that we've talked about. It's that if we want to have a powerful ministry, a powerful ongoing uh, ministry that just presses the kingdom of God out further and further. It's going to require you being Christ's body and making disciples. We've got to grow the church. I believe we have something really good here. I like you people. I think other people would like to be around you. That's what I think, right? I don't just think it. I know it. You've got to bring them in. You've got to bring them in because they need Jesus and they need you. We need to grow as a church. Next year when we're talking, I would love to be able to say that from, from this time until that time, if the Lord tarries that long, that we have grown tremendously here because that's going to make everything else we do. Multiplication breeds multiplication. Any of you ever had rabbits? It's true. You multiply the people in here, they're going to multiply the people in here, and it's going to multiply everything we can do. The manpower, the volunteer hours, the money, the whatever. You, you, you would not believe what we could do in the Philippines. I had uh, Julio Pacheco call me from Honduras or text me, for, message me, whatever, message me, um, saying they need $370,000. We could Right now we could buy six point something acres right in the town of Tolongo where we're trying to minister, and we could put a church there and homes for the poor and whatever, and it's like, I don't have $370,000. And if we were a church that was four or five times the size we are now, we could have stroked him a check and be building the church right now there. But we can't do it. I'm not, that's not your fault or my fault. That's just where we are, but where we could be. We could be in a place where we could just, when ministry comes, we wouldn't have to wait. We wouldn't have to whatever. We could just do and do and do and see Jesus go further and further and further out here and around the world. And so that's what I want to see. I'm going to ask the offering folks to come up um, if they... Yeah, go, go back and get some offering plates. I know we're a little over today. I say that every week, though. Um, you know what? All of us, most of us, have probably watched, you know, a few Netflix seasons this week, right? We all, we all take time doing all kinds of stuff, and sometimes church goes over a little bit, and I feel bad because I care about your time. But then I also think, you know what? We've probably wasted a lot more time than we went over and other things in our lives, um, so we can handle it. Uh, it's important that you guys know what's going on with the church. And I didn't, frankly, I didn't get to half of it. 
We do so many things here. You do so, I don't do them. You do so many things here at this church. So many of you volunteer. So many of you are part of ministry. So many of you are part of Bible studies, the women's Bible study on Wednesday night, young adults, all these things. We have so many things that are going on in this church. I couldn't possibly do it in this amount of time. I just wanted to give you a taste and a flavor of some of the things we're doing um, so that you know what you are doing here at this church. So go ahead and start passing the offering. Um, While these guys come up here, I'm going to pray. Um, for our church and for our church around the world. Um, and then after that, they're going to be playing a song. We'll be passing communion out. If you're a believer, we invite you to take communion with us. Get your heart right. Make sure if the Lord has spoken to you today that you aren't fighting him, whatever that is. Giving, serving, becoming part of a life group. If he's, if he's put anything in your heart. During, uh, oh, hey, I'm back. Uh, before you take communion. You want to be in the right heart before the Lord as you take it. So let's pray. Father, thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. Thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for the people that make up your church all over the world, Lord. Like an army with banners, we are marching against the powers of darkness, and we've already won. Satan's already been defeated. Judgment's already against him, Lord. And we are with you victorious, Lord. And we want to see other people come into that. And so I pray for Camas and Vancouver and Portland and Washougal and all the places that Ridgefield and, and Battleground and, and La Center, all these places where we have people that are, that are connected to this church, Lord. And I pray that we continue to expand to Seattle, to Eugene, to the whole Northwest, and then to the country and the world, Lord, that you would, through us, do amazing things. That there's things that right now we're sitting here thinking, oh, well, we're just a church of a couple of people and whatever, but that, that not too long from now, we can see an impact that's amazing that it can only be you, that we could attest that it was only you that could have done it. And we pray that you would do it. You would do the powerful things that you have done all throughout history for your people, that you would do it again, that you would do it again here. Lord, we pray for our brothers and our sisters in our churches in the Philippines, in Honduras, in Alaska. God, be with every one of them today. Help them to feel and know the love that we have for them. Help them to know that, that their church here in this area loves them, cares for them, and wants to see them move forward with you. Lord, I pray for everyone here today, for those who are new, for those who it's their first time, for those who have been coming hundreds of times. Lord, I pray that the needs that are here are met. I pray that we grow closer to you. And I pray that as we take communion, Lord, that we would remember your sacrifice. We remember why we do this, because you've made it possible for us to have a relationship with you or else we would be lost and without hope in the world. But because of you, we can be saved and redeemed and have relationship with our God. Thank you, Lord, in your name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to that Acts Church sermon. We hope you got a lot out of it. If you did, we'd love it if you would comment or uh, give us a review or give the track a like. Uh, it really means a lot to us to hear back from people who have um, heard these sermons and have been impacted by it. So share your story with us. Share what is happening in your life um, that this is speaking into. And remember, you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or through SoundCloud so that you can get all of our releases as soon as they come out. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with more next week.